dad just found marijuana. 70 years old, started eating it every night. 20 milligrams, my mom says. Dad's eating 20. That's what I said. I was like, that's a lot. I goes, are there any side effects? She goes, other than the fact that he calls me bro a lot? No. We go down to Tampa, spend some time with my parents. We're out on their dock, my whole family, my dad, my mom. You can tell when my dad's weed kicks in because he starts humming Jimmy Buffett songs. All of a sudden, he just pops up, turns around us. He goes, who wants to talk to an owl tonight, huh? I look at my mom. I go, how much weed is Harry Potter eating? My mom's like, no, he talks to an owl every night. Show him, Albert. My dad just gets on the edge of the dock and goes, whoo. My idiot kids are like, Papa, should we hoot too? He's like, yeah, come on, girls, we'll all hoot. Let's do it. Here we go. Hoo, hoo. Now the three of them are on the edge of the dock like three crips letting them know cops are in the neighborhood. Five minutes goes by. Five minutes, we don't hear a sound. I look at my dad. I go, hey, dad, maybe we should sit down. I don't think your owl's out tonight. He's like, yeah, that's crazy. He's always out. Don't worry, we'll try again tomorrow, girls. Pour a glass of wine. 30 seconds later, clear as a bell, all of us here. Whoo! I get chill bumps. I look at my dad and I go, Dad, it's your owl. He's like, I told you, bro. He's like, I'll get him going. And once I get him going, we can all talk to him, all right? Whoo! And... Right on top of it, we hear, My oldest daughter goes, Dad, I go, shut the fuck up. We're talking to an owl. She goes, Dad, I go, wait your turn, bitch. I'm next. She goes, Dad, look across the lake at the old man on his dock. Sure as shit, there's another drunk, blind, old white man just... These two are like Ric Flair in a cave. Just... Hey, Frankie. Hey there, Louie. I need some new material. You're telling me. I mean, all my jokes are frog-related. No kidding. I need ferret insults. You need a hobby. Hey, what do you think of this one? Hey, ferret, your mother is a prairie dog. What's that supposed to mean? Your mother is a prairie dog. Yeah, is not a funny? Well, I don't know. Okay, how about this? Hey, ferret, your mother's a bushy-tailed mongoose. What's with all the mother jokes? I don't know. They work. Louie, if you want to insult him, say something really derogatory. Like what? Like, hey, ferret, your slaps brand of humor is less intelligent than my witty dialogue driven banter well that's a half an hour long well it makes them think it's very psychological all right let me give it a try give it a shot hey ferret your dialogue driven slapstick is humorless and and without banter for all see i don't think he understood it frank well you didn't say it right i said it as best hey ferret your mother's a weasel see that it works every time i heard him i stung him with that one anheuser-busch st louis missouri Sure. I'll talk it out. Yeah. Let's just have a conversation. Track three. <clears throat> Better not be fucking Dave Matthews band. Okay. Those of you who don't want to be a part of this can leave now. Derek, please listen to me. But if you choose to stay, 
which it seems like you guys are choosing. Derek, please. You understand and agree to the following terms and conditions. Derek! One. Derek, this is the virus. You talking. hereby waive your right Derek, please. to your own personal bodily integrity. This is not you. Two. Per the state versus Neville Reed, my colleague and I will not be held criminally liable for any felony or misdemeanor that you may be a victim of, including, but not limited to, aggravated assault, aggravated battery, disorderly conduct, destruction of property, mayhem, and first-degree murder. And three, terms and conditions may change or be updated WHATEVER THE FUCK I WANT! Consider yourselves... notified. Alright, you primitive screwheads, listen up! I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. What was that rocket? What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? podcast it's been a little while since i did an audio version uh for those that haven't been following us or knowing what's going on uh we scaled back some of the stuff that we're doing on our website uh we're not doing the podcast weekly like we used to uh sporadically neck and i might do some shows here and there the only th- she's out on the water right now uh so what i'll be doing uh for you for at least the next couple of months as I break it up into five different episodes is my top 100 metal songs of all time. The more I think about it, the more I say to myself, I could probably do a top 500 because there's so many songs that can come and go in the top 100. Like every time I put these lists together, I'm like, yeah, I really like this. Uh, but you know, there's these other songs that I like too. And so Sometimes I feel guilty that some of my other favorite tracks don't make it into the top 100, but I think part of it is just how you feel about it at that time. So this is my list for now. I think the last one I did was like two or three years ago, maybe even longer than that. I don't remember. Uh, I'll be doing a rock one at one point as well, but uh, 
for now it's just the metal stuff I'm not including any new metal or anything like that that's usually stuff that's kind of crossing over into rock territory so we'll just leave it as part of that group uh, when we go to do that so this is just the metal genre itself everything that's you know not new metal basically and I'm not trying to diss them in any way I do enjoy myself some new metal songs but for the sake of this particular list, I wanted to keep it on the harder stuff, the little underground stuff and whatnot. So, uh, and then like in the past when I've, I think I've played like two or three songs and then talked about what I'm, the, the songs meant to me and then went with another three. I'm going to go for each song. We're just going to go play a song. I'll come back and talk about the next one uh, as the countdown goes along. So we're doing 100 through 81 on this episode. So I'm trying to break them up into increments of 20. And uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, so if you've seen our website, MelTomRay.com, uh, you'll see that we have some videos up there on our YouTube. We're concentrating on that part of it, both musically as well as uh, trailer reactions, reviews, and whatnot. So we're kind of just branching off more into that area uh, and see where that goes for us. Um so let's go ahead and let's get started here. So number 100, and uh, I've always enjoyed this song. There's a lot of stuff from this band. It's been around since 2003, but the last thing they put out was 2016 from a band called uh, Hurricane from Estonia. And, uh, you know, like I said, the synthetic forms that came out in 2016, I, I kind of enjoyed that more than some of the other stuff they have. However, the, the title track from their 2005 release, The Lynch Lawyers, that is the song that I constantly play on my rotation on my iPod and whatnot. So at number 100 is The Lynch Lawyers' Death Squad, Hurricane.
Those letters? No, no one else will hear. But then it comes in the black metal. Well, the one of me. Black metal, Devin Townsend, an interpreter of the comics from South You are in the company of DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Pattern Radio. The best place to be. Stay tuned with these legends. Coming in at number 99, this song has been in my top 100 for quite a while, and uh, probably changes position every so often, but uh, it's always constantly there, and it comes from a Norway band called Vreed, I believe that's how you pronounce it, V-R-E-I-D, it's a melodic black metal band that initially consisted of some members of the band Windeer uh, from way back when, which is another great band. Uh, but they formed this project after their frontman Valfard passed away, and so I pretty much had been in this band. They started out in 2004 with Kraft, and then uh, 2006, in which this song appears, uh, Pitch Black Brigade. So I mean, I've been following them for quite a while, and they're constantly and consistently good. Like their albums are very, very good. Um, so. Uh, if you haven't checked them out, do so. They're very good, very talented, great stuff. And uh, this song is titled, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, you'll probably laugh at me, but uh, Eat a Capital Vor Sexilba. And I know I probably screwed that up, but it's, I love the way this song feels. Uh, the guitar work, as well as the atmosphere it creates, is just astonishingly great. So here we go, here's some Vreed at number 99.
down the list now we're down to number 98 this band uh first heard them on a compilation i think it was like death is the beginning or something like that one of those type of compilations and uh i picked up their 1998 album stormbirds uh this is the band ever eve and uh really really love stormbirds a lot there's a lot of great tracks on that um Seasons is considered a perfect record for a lot of people who have uh, listened to their band and reviewed it as well. And actually, the track that I chose actually came off of that record is the one that I initially heard on the compilation CD that I have. And it's called Autumn Leaves. And, uh, you know, the band themselves, like after Stormbirds, really kind of went more in a gothic industrial direction. And so, and some of that might have been due to the fact that they're former singer um tom sadashenko uh passed away i think suicide if i recall but uh sad as that was uh but the band ended up changing direction and sound i kind of lost interest in him after that uh but this track from the very first record of full length seasons uh, uh autumn leaves is very haunting and beautiful at the same time a lot of great uh compositions in there uh riff wise and whatnot so Here's at number 98, Every with Autumn Leaves.
love sucking dick. They like love it. And I've never understood it. I'm like, what are you getting out of it? And then I realize it's because they're good at it. That's it. It's as simple as that, truly. If, you're, if you love sucking dick, it's because you're good at it. And if you don't like it, if you're like, I hate blowjobs, it's because you're bad at it. It's, you're really bad at it. We like doing things we're good at. And if you were good at it, you would do it all the time. If you're just like, it's such a bore and such a pain, you're, you suck at it. And I'm one of you. I could have been good. I, all it would have taken was one guy to just like give me a compliment early on, you know? Someone just, just like show me that I had a little promise or something. Just send me off in the right direction. We just want to be good in the, and it's, it's, it's early intervention and is key. Like I feel like true blowjob queens, girls, they're like, I love it. It was like one of the first times they gave a blowjob. The guy was like, you're great. And like believed in them. Cause that's what it takes. It takes one guy, one coach, one youth minister to lay the foundation <laughs> the first time, oh, you're so nervous, and all you want is a guy to just take your chin and be like, hey, look up. You go, what? He's like, you've got spunk in your hair, but like the way that you handled my balls was pretty cool, and I think you're on to something. Just anything. We'll nudge. And that's why I tell guys, lie to us. Tell us we're good and we'll blow you all the time. Honestly, like, if you hook up with a girl and she blows you and it's not very good, just lie and be like, that was the best blowjob ever. Because she'll just be like, it was? And then she'll, like, set off on a course to, like, be the best. And she'll go out and she'll be like, I was good once. You know? Getting down to number 97, which features a band out of France, the name of Gorgon. First discovered these guys in 2016 off their Finnis Exion record. Uh, in fact, that's where this track comes from. It was the first track I've ever heard from them. Since then, they've had two other releases, uh, In Oculus in 2019, as well as Fulgur empery in 2022 so pretty recent record era for them this year uh but this one the song always stuck to me just the way that it's layered uh the vocal work is now pretty common with the vocalist uh what is his name here um thomas lord newell and uh he's got it's just a nice way of delivery uh especially in this particular track the ember grave I uh, just, it, I just love the way it's done. It's, so it's great. I just really love it. Uh, so here it is, at, uh, nine, number ninety-seven, Gorgon with the Ember Grave. Yeah. 
we're going to see a concert. And we're going to see Metallica live. Now, yeah, I totally tricked my wife. You know, I, I played the slow song. Nothing else matters. Oh, I like that song. It's not so scary. Yeah, see? They changed. They evolved. <laughs> so we get to the show, all right? And we get there. We sit out. I forget. I'm, I'm domesticated now. She's like, is there a brochure? I'm like, all right. <laughs> We're looking around the stadium, brochure, whatever. Now, here's when you know you're too old to be going to concerts. First of all, the name of the bands is already a tragic mistake. Here's the opener. So you ready for this? Just the names. Anthrax, Megadeth, and Slayer. Okay. All right. Did you hear? All right. Yeah, you hear that? You hear that? You hear that? Let me tell you something about Slayer fans. They, they are, that was the scariest time of my life when the Slayer fans showed up. That's the first time I feared my own race. I'm not even kidding you. I feared my own race. They look like the extras from Lord of the Rings. Right before Slayer came out, someone came out and... <laughs> they came out of nowhere under the ground tattooing their faces <laughs> Slayer Slayer we're here to witness Slayer and I'm, I'm hovering my wife like everything's gonna be okay <laughs> we're only gonna be on for like 15 minutes gonna be safe so Slayer's about to go on right before Metallica the lights go out now I forget I'm domesticated so when the lights go out of show I still get that giddy feeling <laughs> show starting because <laughs> I'm used to you know beauty and me <laughs> why they so mean to the beast they don't get better daddy So, <laughs> so the lights go out, and I hear, and I, is there a train coming? And I turn around, and there's about 500 Slayer fans, and they're heading right for the stage, and they're not using the aisles to get there. Oh. are being flung, people flying up in the air. <laughs> now look at my wife, like, every man for himself. Number 96. I discovered this band in 2019. Uh, they've been around since 2006. And, uh, Looking at their reviews and on Metal Archives, one that their records are high, like they got one, two, three, four previous to the 2019 release, which I have. 
and they're all pretty much highly rated. Like, that's how good people really like this band. They're an atmospheric black metal band from Slovenia. The band is called Decadent. Their 2019 release, uh, Namine Ordeal, uh, or Namian Ordeal, however you want to pronounce that, uh, is just super fantastic. It's, it was one of my favorites of the year on my best of list. Uh, it's great top to bottom. I have yet to be able to dive into their early works, but seeing how all the reviews are for their earlier works, I need to really kind of get on that. <laughs> uh, just so much music, so little time. Uh, but coming off the Odile album, uh, this track is, I think it was the first one I heard, and it's called The Wanax Eternal, and uh, it's fucking amazing. So sit back and enjoy. This is Decadent.
Looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics to do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you will find in other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you Keeping it going. We are down to number 95. Uh, band is out of Sweden. It's called Scar Symmetry. Melodic death metal. And uh, they've been around since 2005. Uh, probably around the time I started getting into them. I remember I was really kind of like soaking up some of the melodic death metal around that time. Between 2000 and 2007, I think there was a, a big rush or a big... Uh, like, Melodic Death Ball was just really hot then, so it's kind of like I was soaking up all these different bands like Northern, Norther, and, uh, of course, getting to some other At The Gate stuff and whatnot, but uh, this band was one of them, and uh, off their sophomore release, Pitch Black Progress, this is called Abstracted.
DJ Anubis here, and I want to say if you dig all things Godzilla and KG related, then check out the YouTube channel of the Sci-Fi Century. He has great reviews, opinions, and theories in the world of sci-fi horror, anime, and of course everyone's favorite atomic breathing lizard, Godzilla. Century provides great commentary when both having a special guest on his shows as well as the collaborations with the big teddy bear, that fat samurai guy. So if you want to keep it raw, real, tune into the Sci-Fi Century. That's S-C-I-F-I-S-E-N-T-R-Y. Sci-Fi Century. Tune in to get the best in science fiction and Godzilla-related information. Peace. Sci-fi! No, he's healing up still. He'll be back to business on his channel soon. Uh, he had some surgery done uh, a few weeks ago around Christmas, and hopefully he's getting better and back on his feet. Get strong, my brother. As we work our way down to number 94. And uh, this is another melodic death metal band, but this one, this particular band, has kind of like changed over the course of the years. I mean, they... Uh, been around since 94 and uh, I would say around 2001 or so 2002 they started kind of branching off into uh, a different direction where they've become almost uh, metalcore-ish and now like some of the later stuff is almost uh, rock with a rock vibe however I did hear um, they have a new album coming out this year called Foregone, and there's a track that they played uh, that I heard a snippet of that sounds a lot like the old melodic death metal stuff. So uh, I'm kind of hoping they do kind of take a nod back in that direction. And it's kind of weird because in 1999, this particular record from which this song comes from, I felt was like the bridge between the old material and, you know, the stuff they end up doing the next 10 or 15 years as far as like the you know, just uh, regular metal and whatnot, metalcore stuff. Uh, but this is still, like, one of my favorite records from them. Um, there's, you know, they get a lot of high praise for, like, Just a Race and Lunar Strain and stuff like that. But uh, Colony was always a record that I really, really enjoyed. And it, like I said, it has, like, a, a little bit of both uh, from the old school stuff they were doing to, like, where they were direction before they got to Clayman and stuff like that. So at number 94... In Flames, this is called Colony.
Torrify from Victoria, B.C. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Stay thrashing. Forging on at number 93, a one-man project out of Pennsylvania, United States, Symphonic Black Metal. Project has been around since 2008 at least and uh, has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 full lengths. A few singles, a couple EPs, and a compilation, but also... From what I'm looking at, it looks like he has a new EP coming out this year in June, which I'll be excited to hear. Um, although I have to admit, like, the last four albums or so, like, it, they haven't hit me as much or as well as the earlier stuff from the, you know, the, the first five records, really. Um, the track that I got for you actually comes from the fourth one, uh, 2011, but Appalachian Winter, uh... I just really love the use that uh, D.G. Klein has in terms of using choirs and atmosphere. And uh, it, it just, it really hits. It, it, these are the kind of songs that I like to play usually when I'm playing like World of Warcraft or some sort of fantasy uh, game of sorts. Because uh, it really fits with the vibe that I've got going on with the game. And So you're all going to get a taste of this. Uh, this is actually my favorite track uh, from this particular project. It's called Solitude, Appalachian Winter at number 
Friend of that movie, uh, Pride recently. Have you guys seen that movie? Anybody see that? It's about the first all-black swim team and the difficulties they had to go through being the first all-black swim team. Let me ask you a question. How many of those white people are evil movies are they going to make? It's like it's all the way down to swimming. You know? I'm starting to run out of white guilt, you know? No, it's like those movies, they started off unbelievable. Started off with roots, right? White guilt was at an all-time high. I could barely even watch it. I'm like, dude, I got it. My ancestors are evil, okay? Please, please turn the channel, dude. Please turn the channel. They still hitting them? Fuck, turn the channel. This is gonna be on all week? Jesus Christ, turn the channel. Then in the 80s, there was like a football movie. Then like Cuba Gooding wanted to be like a scuba diver. Remember that shit? And now, it's all the way down to swimming. And I gotta admit, I don't think I give a fuck. You know, I'm not trying to be a dick, but it's a recreational activity. <laughs> Plus, I've been in pools. There's been black people in the pool, you know. I never saw any white guy, like, trying to, like, fucking, like, prevent people from getting into the pool. <laughs> it's like, they're just, like, making this shit up. I'm not, I'm not being a dick here either, okay? Just to clarify, you know, I just don't want anybody coming up to me after the show, like, you know, I was thinking it, and then you fucking said it, and then... <laughs> I'm not saying that I don't think black people should be allowed to put on some Speedos and go for a dip. I'm not saying that shit. I'm just saying these movies, like the characters aren't even believable. Like they always have to have like that, the over-the-top, uninhibited white racist character, you know? You know that guy, he's a guy like, uh, he's supposed to represent all the white evil, you know? He's like the dude they always have like screaming during the movie trailer. They'll be like, they were the first all-black swim team. Get out of the pool! like a big vein in his forehead. He's just screaming shit, look, not even looking around, you know? Dude, it's ridiculous. Real racism is quiet. It's subtle. People look around first. Make sure the, you know, they make sure the coast is clear. There's disclaimers, like, dude, you know I'm not racist, but uh, these insert group name followed by fucked up conversation, right? That's how it goes down. It's not just some guy. Just standing up there, there's Negroes in the pool! Do you approve of this? I work at the bank, can I be fired immediately, please? I'm just saying, can you just make the shit, like, believable? You know what the honest thing is, is those movies, they're starting to give me a complex. You know, because anytime they do a movie about a group of people that thinks dumb shit about another group of people, it's always like white dudes. So, it's like, are white dudes the only ones who think ignorant shit about other people, you know? No Mexican guy ever walked up to somebody from India like, dude, what the fuck is that? Is that like itchy? Is that bug you? What is it? White dude's the only ones walking around. Why, you guys don't eat cows? What are you, a bunch of fags? Well, then why are you wearing sandals? This guy's wearing sandals. This guy's a fag. No, I'm just saying, you know? Just balance the movies out a little bit. Like, just have some of the evil shit that black people say about white people, you know, when, when we're not around, you know? Like, like, well, what are some good examples, you know? You know, like, you know what I mean? You're hanging out, you had a rough day, you know? What are some of the classics? You know, what, smell like wet dogs, right? You got headlights or something like that, right? Just, just slip some of that shit in there. Get out of the pool! Wash your hair, motherfucker, right? And just... Make it seem a little more... Dude, 
I'm just saying, it's all the way down to swimming. I mean, where the fuck do you go from there? We do like ping pong. They were the first all-black ping pong team. They're gonna steal the paddles. Denzel Washington. <laughs> My daughter's not playing ping pong. All right. A little bit of Bill Burr there. As we head into number 92 of my top 100 metal, favorite metal songs of all time. Uh, the next band out of the United States of California. And uh, this one hits a little hard for a number of reasons. Uh, the band is called Huntress. And uh, heavy metal band, as I said, out of California. The last record they put out was static in 2015 which this track comes from and uh it features the late great jill janis uh vocalist who committed suicide um uh, prior either that year or the year after i can't remember but uh i remember talking to her a little bit on either twitter or instagram she was always very uh kind and uh you know engaging with fans and uh really static to me was like really the best record they had put up to that point so like they were getting better and better as they were going on but going through her biography a little bit she uh had been dealing with like bipolar disorder schizophrenia uh, mental Ill illness and alcoholism which apparently was resulted from being bullied at school and struggles in her own life uh, she had actually been diagnosed with cancer in 2015, but actually had uh, been cancer-free uh, after going to hysterectomy. And, like, you know, so uh, it was just sad today that I heard that she had taken her own life. Like, it was just a really, really sad time. And it's sad when I even listen to the, her music and the band's music. Like, just reminds me of the times that I would chat with her a little bit. I mean, it was nothing. We weren't like best friends, but just she was that engaging. Like she wouldn't mind talking to fans, and I, I really appreciate that about a lot of artists. And uh, really, the cool thing about this particular song is the video is also very cool. It's done in a very old school kind of like horror uh, impression. So if, like it reminds you of like the Hammer films and stuff like that, where you have like basically she's kind of playing like a, a vampire or you know and then there's other vampires and of course you got the blood and stuff so they really went all out for the the video for sorrow which is this song and uh jill this is for you and this is of course number 92 of my favorite metal songs of all time here's huntress Keep it. 
everyone, this is Blake from Pig Destroyer. Hey, Beak and Zell R.I.P. And you are listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko at Metal Tavern Radio. Get into it now. Almost done with the first 10 of my top 100 metal songs of all time. Coming in at number 91. It was a real hard choice to t- deciding what song from this record I want. This is this particular record is my favorite of this group band in general. Um, of course, talking about Flotsam and Jetsam from the United States. And the album is No Place for Disgrace. I couldn't really decide which song I really wanted, but one song that I always kind of go back to is this particular track. Um, you know, it's interesting about Flotsam is that really from, even though the 1990 album, When the Storm Comes Down, has a couple of good tracks on that was kind of like the beginning of this long period of where the band kind of was like, dabbling in other sounds they were at one point they were trying to be like almost progressive with like the 95 record drift uh and then they were kind of like back and forth so really from 1990 through 2014 or actually even 2016 mainly 2014 they were just kind of just wandering out there it's they had they had like what two four six eight records during that time but just Nothing really standing out. I mean, Dreams of Death in 2005 was okay, uh, but not much to write about. I know some people like The Cold from 2010. I just, a lot of these records just didn't do much for me. Uh, they're self-titled. Uh, 2016 was a little bit of a good return, but really it was 2019's The End of Chaos and 2021's Blood in the Water. Those two records show the band kind of getting back uh, to their roots and their much, much stronger efforts. But when it comes to this particular band, you know, I know Doomsday for the Deceivers, a classic on its own, the debut, but for me, No Place for Disgrace is really the band and the record that I really love the most from this band. So at number 91, Flotsam and Jetsam, Hard on You.
She goes, I have Isla in the office. Is there a parent at home? I was like, I'll do. <laughs> Gives the phone to Isla. Her first words, I tried to stop it, Dad. <laughs> I go, stop what? She goes, I got my period. I'm like, bitch, you promised. <laughs> I'm like, you called the wrong number, dickhead. Call your mom. She's like, Dad, I need you right now. Immediately as a parent, I'm melting down. So I'm like, she's freaking out at school. She's by herself. She's going through what Georgia went through. This isn't my skill set. But I got this. I go, okay, baby. All right. Okay. How'd you get it? <laughs> she was like, Dad, I was playing kickball. Immediately, I'm like, oh, poor kid. I thought she blew out her pussy. <laughs> Just, oh, shit. 
Oh, I'm out, coach. I'm out. Yeah. I tore my twat. It's bad. I blew out my cooch, coach. I'm going to have to sit this one out. Pinch runner, pinch runner. <laughs> now I'm spiraling. I'm like, all right, what do you need from me? New pants, new panties, new socks. Did it get in your socks? A bucket, some towels, garlic. We're going to keep the vampires away from you. She's like, Dad, I'm fine. Mom gave me a go bag. I go, okay, then what are you calling me for? She goes, I need you to go to the store and get supplies. I'm like, how bad is this, period? She's like, no, Dad, I'm throwing myself a period party tonight. I'm like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? She's like, all the girls are doing it, Dad. I need you to go to the store and get supplies. Get a red velvet cake. I'm like, ah! I go, baby, I don't think I can eat a red velvet cake knowing what it symbolizes. She's like, Dad, you need a red velvet cake for a period party because you put the name of your period on the cake. I'm like, who names their period? She's like, Georgia named hers after the girl from Progressive Auto Insurance. She's like, Dad, please, I need you right now. I have 10 people coming tonight. I go, we have 10 little girls coming to the house? She goes, no, eight girls, two boys. I'm like, who invites boys to a period party? And I hear her sinister little giggle on the phone, and she goes, Dad, that's the fun of it. We don't tell them why they're there. <laughs> now I'm like, fuck it, I'm in. I have never had more fun at a party in my entire life. Planning, hosting, and attending a period party. I dressed all in red like it was Chinese New Year's. <laughs> Drinking Pinot Noir, I made pasta with chunky marinara sauce. And I giggled the whole night with all these little girls at these two boys, Max and Carter, right? Faces covered in red cake. Like it's their honeymoon and they're like, fuck it, I'll eat it anyway. The whole party, these two boys are looking at the cake going, who the hell's Jason? My daughter, Isla Kreischer, named her period Jason because she got it on Friday the 13th. Uh, yeah. Got me some good beer going on. We're getting into our second block of 10. Number 90 through 81. And at number 90, band out of Hamburg, Germany called Devastator. Now, this comes from uh, their 2017 release. They have a couple other full lengths before that. And actually, it's been kind of spread out. So they have one from their debut in 2007 and then 2013. Uh, so, and nothing since 2017. So I, I think they're fucking due, don't you? <laughs> but, you know, if you can put out good records, it doesn't matter how long it takes. Uh but maybe they're and maybe they're involved in other projects. I don't know. Let me see. I'm gonna check real quick just to see. Uh, no, it doesn't look like. I mean, there's one, two. They're involved with other. Well, they're act. I think it looks like one guy is part of another band. Two guys are part of other bands, but uh, I haven't heard of them, so I don't think it's anything major. But maybe it's just uh, a matter of coming up with material. Uh, but their 2017 release, "The Throne Belongs to Us." is a very strong record and the title track is still one of my favorites that i play often on just keep spinning it and spinning it and spinning it 
And so when it comes on, I get really pumped up. Because the throne belongs to us. So here we go. Number 90, Devastator.
everybody, this is Mr. Joshua Gray, your live gameplay DJ, live weekday mornings, every day, but hump day, playing Mortal Kombat or other games occasionally and featuring a number of different artists. So come on by, grab your breakfast, and enjoy some fatalities. Mr. Joshua Gray on YouTube, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 8 to noon to the moon. And you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio. Speaking of Josh, was just hanging with him last night. He was playing a little bit of Mortal Kombat. He does that on Fridays right now, and uh, throughout the rest of the week, he's playing some various other games. Uh, he's back onto the YouTube a lot more recently, so <clears throat> I'll be trying to catch him a little more often when I can. Uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. He's pretty good at it. Uh, great guy, too. Uh, very nice. Uh, so, yeah, we're working our way down my top 100 favorite metal songs of all time. We are now at number 89. This may be controversial just in the sense that people are like, way too low, dude, way too low. Now, granted, this song used to be much higher on my list, but, you know, over time, man, you hear so many bands, so many songs. It's not so much, this isn't really a reflection of any band in particular. Uh, it's not even really so much the songs. It's just when you like so many songs, it's all about how you feel at the time and do you like this song more than this one at the current time and all that good stuff so but that's okay i don't mind that people will be looking at this as like you know controversial in their own mind so that's okay that's it's it's all about your personal taste your personal list uh this is still one of my favorite tracks ever it's, it's never left my top 100 at all so in that sense it's good it's a band out of united kingdom liverpool to be exact that is carcass and uh, comes off my favorite record from them in 1991, Necroroticism, Dischanting the uh, Subarus. And uh, I probably pronounced that wrong too, but I'm terrible at this shit. But you know what I'm talking about for you diehard metal fans. And uh, this is their most famous track that's been covered a couple times. I think even Arch Enemy did it one time. Incarnated Solvent Abuse. <laughs> identification is not possible, the pathologist may be able to take fingerprints from the body, but if decay has set in, things become more complicated.
What's up, everyone? This is Richie from Grave Huffer, and you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio. Rank it the fuck up. Getting down to number 88. This band apparently is now split up. Uh, they were active from basically 2000 to 2014. In 2009, when I went to MDF with my wife and a group of friends from out of state, out of the country, uh, first Maryland Death Fest we attended together. Uh, obviously, you have vendors there that are selling CDs, vinyls, and stuff, so I was buying a bunch of CDs at the time. Uh, I'm a little more selective now about what I purchase, but uh, at the time they had some, uh, I think probably like three or four records from this particular band, and uh, fell in love with this track off of their third full-length, Breeding of Sanity, uh, out of Germany, Lay, Lay Down Rotten is the band, and uh, at number 88, this song is called Pulling the Trigger.
to say, Charlie, you are an incredible medical specimen. I guess that's one of the benefits of waking up every morning at the crack of crack. <laughs> and you know, it's amazing, despite all those years of abusing your lungs, your kidneys, your liver, the only thing you've had removed is your kids. Charlie gets a little confused sometimes. He's the only guy who pulls a knife on a woman who's already willing to fuck him. <laughs> I drink to that. I drink to that shit. Michael drink to that. But is Charlie really the worst guy here? So he made a chick blow him for 30 grand. Mike Tyson makes you blow him because I said so. That's why. <laughs> Continuing to work our way down the list here. Now to number 87. I didn't get into this band until about 2005 when they released their album Harvest Ritual Volume 1. And uh, they've been around since the 80s, even early 80s. And maybe uh, I see that Crypt is still posting up his favorite records from the different years. And he's in the 80s right now, so I don't know if uh, Necrophagia had made any of his list. I'm assuming they did at some point. Uh, but yeah, Harvest Ritual is actually my favorite record from, uh, Necrophagia. I went back, checked out some of the earlier works. <clears throat> Excuse me. Their last record, uh, 2014, White Worm Cathedral is pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, 2018, lead singer Killjoy passed away, which was kind of a shock. But I remember seeing, like, some sort of, um, DVD or something, uh, I forget what it was. it was like a video called Through the Eyes of the Dead, I think, uh, from 99 that I had seen. And uh, it was kind of fun. It was a neat little video. It had some music in there as well as like the horror, like Necrophagia. Killjoy is very much into the horror scene and death metal and stuff like that. So it made sense. And Harvest Ritual has like a lot of great tracks on it. Just, you know, the, the love for the genre, the love for horror films and little sound bites and all that good stuff, but, uh, and it was kind of hard to figure out which song I wanted to use, um, Return to Texas is always a great track that I love to play, but, uh, I think when I'm really in the mood for anything off of there, it's probably going to be the title track, Harvest Ritual, here's Necrophagia at number 87.
This is Elbow with the Bandy Thorn. You're listening to the Hordes of Chaos only on Metal Tavern Radio. Pump it. Getting down to number 86. Uh, I remember late 90s when I was just kind of starting and getting into like black metal and stuff and following different members from wherever they were roaming to, different bands. Uh, one of the bands I was really into at the time, Demiubo Gear, uh, I know that some of their members went on to do other projects. So, you know, one of them, the bassist, went to go. Uh, had a band called The Covenant, which he was doing, which is kind of cool, industrial, black stuff there. And then um, some other members, including Mustis, who plays keyboards, um, or had played keyboards for DMU, uh, they went to go form a band called Suspiria, which caught my attention because, of course, Argento Suspiria is my favorite horror film of all time. So even though it's spelled differently, uh, I was reading up on it in a magazine, uh, that they were forming and that it was going to be like a melodic black thrash band. Eventually they kind of just stuck around to be a melodic thrash, but uh, early on it had more of a melodic black and thrash feel about them. Initially I was really going to take a track that I really liked off their third full length Unlimited, because uh, that's when they kind of started really going to the straight thrash stuff. Um, but in the end, I think I always came back to the first record, Predominance, because I remember being at March Meltdown in Jersey uh, with my friend watching, you know, the bands play and whatnot. Superior wasn't there live or anything, but uh, vendors were all there. And I remember, because I, I couldn't order Predominance online yet, like it wasn't available, but for whatever reason... Uh, Nuclear Blast had the record ready. They had it there to sell, so... I was able to buy it right then and there, and I was really excited about that. Of course, found a bunch of other cool CDs that uh, I hadn't known. Like, they reprinted uh, Annihilation Principle from Lost Rocket, so I don't know if that was actually Nuclear Blast that did that, but I found it that day, and I just those are things that kind of stand out to you. Uh, so that was one of the big moments for me, was finding that record off the bat. And, of course, the opener uh, for the song is I Am Pain, and... At number 86, here's Suspiria, and enjoy. Sir, the instruments of Armageddon.
Shepard, and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. So I uh, I forgot to mention this before the song played uh, about Suspiria's um, case for those that haven't really followed. So. They had a vocalist named Athera who was on those first four or five albums that they did. And then I think it was 2018 or so, maybe 17, I can't remember. Uh, but they did a, an album called The Lyricist. And actually Athera left the band and it was replaced by another singer. And that The Lyricist was actually a very decent record. Like I, I was really kind of worried that it wouldn't have the same vibe as the previous records, but uh, it didn't turn out too bad. But uh, interestingly enough, I found out that uh, Thera has come back as of 2019. They don't have a record yet, but I was kind of happy to see that he's back with the band, and I'm looking forward to anything they put out going forward. Uh, even though I did enjoy the lyricist, it was a pretty good record. But uh, yeah, so welcome back, Thera. I'm glad you're back. All right, so at number 85, classic band here. Uh, I've probably, probably heard you tell the story before somewhere along the line, but back in 1987, you know, I was an 80s kid, so I grew up on a lot of the classic rock, hard rock of the 80s, hair rock, stuff like that, stuff that I still enjoy, but that was really my main thing back then. Uh, but 87 was kind of like this turning point in terms of, me getting into heavier stuff and it really kind of started master puppets like a friend of mine and i were doing some summer work tearing down this old building and uh we had met a couple of older guys uh and i could tell right away they were you know rock and metalhead guys so at the time i was probably listening to like a rat cassette which rat was like one of my favorite bands in the 80s uh and so this other guy he's listening to his you know walkman and He's like, hey, what do you listen to? I'm like, Rat. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, you ever heard Metallica? I was like, well, I've heard of them. You know, I've heard, like, a little bit off of Ride Your Lightning and whatnot. Uh, I didn't own the album, but... Anywho, like, he's like, here, check this out. <laughs> and I said, do you want to listen to the Rat? He's like, no. He's like, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, one of those things. And I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. And then I remember listening the rest of the afternoon to this and, like, just being blown away how good Metallica was like it just it changed my life uh in terms of how I heard music and the complexity that they could have in a metal genre uh and, and the ferocity of it all so uh they invited us they lived down the street you know and they had like their own little apartment or whatever so they invited us back for lunch and of course they were smoking some joints and I wasn't really into drugs at that time, but I still got high because of just being in the air. So my friend was kind of laughing at me as I was acting a little bit different than usual. But nothing crazy happened. I just definitely must have got a contact high from being around it. But being in their apartment, you know, he's like, well, what about this band, Celtic Frost? You ever heard of these guys? I'm like, no. And he started playing it. And I was like, wow, this is actually pretty fucking good, man. Like, you know, I remember seeing some of the records in the stores and stuff. And, you know, for me, it's more like you worry about, like, I wouldn't say worry, but I grew up in a Christian home. And for everyone who ever lived through days, you know about the satanic panic and, 
you know, the, the various uh, negativity towards Ozzy and Wasp and Kiss and everything. And so when I'd be in a record store and I'd see some of these album covers, I'm like, it looks like Satanist shit, you know? <clears throat> and so, like, you know, I, I really wouldn't uh, take, a, take a gander with it because I just didn't know what it was all going to be about. Like, I just, you know, my dad would fucking flip his lid anyway if I came in with the band that had that kind of artwork on it. So... But I remember hearing this stuff uh, that day with this guy, and so I, I really liked it. Now, I didn't go out and buy any records at that time, um, but it always stuck with me. So probably about, I don't know, probably when I was like 20s, I started buying more cassettes, and I got, like, of course, Morbid Tales and to Megatherion and to the Pandemonium. Uh, I remember it was around 88 Code Lake got released. There was a lot of controversy with Celtic Cross because of, you know, people thought they were going glam, which I think on some level they were trying to kind of fit in, which every band sort of kind of goes down that road sometimes. Uh, even the bands that end up making their way back to their original roots. Uh, but now it's funny, too, is that a lot of metalheads that I see online, they're kind of like, yeah, you know, Cold Lake's not a really bad album. I think people really gave it too much shit. And so, so it's kind of funny how people come around to something that initially turned them off. <clears throat> so uh, the other cool thing about Celtic Frost is uh, the last record, Vanity Nemesis in 90, which was another record I had, which was really good. It wasn't until 2006 that they came back with the record. They, they had lineup problems. They couldn't get along. There was just issues there. Uh, but in 2006, I released Monotheist, and like that again was another change of direction. Some people were warned to it, others weren't. I at the time, I was like, you know, it's not what I was expecting, but it turned out to be like a really good record. It's like got a little bit more of a doom vibe to it, something that we hear now with Tom G. Warrior's project Crypt, uh, Trypticon. Uh, and of course, for those that are very familiar with Celtic. Uh, Tom was very friendly with H.R. Geiger, who does uh, the alien artwork that you see in the movies as well as on the records for Celtic Frost. So, uh, yeah, they just became a band that I really enjoyed. Uh, there's bands that do covers of their work that are really good. Uh, I think there's a band called Slaughter that does, uh, not not the hair rock band, but a different band does uh, Dethroned Emperor, which is an amazing cover. Or it might, maybe it might be Morbid Tales. I can't, I always get them confused sometimes. But uh, either way, uh, the track that I'm choosing for you for here for Celtic Frost is Morbid Tales. Great track, great album. Uh, at number 85, and here we go. Celtic Frost. <laughs>
you have two choices. You can spit or you can swallow, right? You gotta register as one before November 9th. Just make sure you know what you're gonna do. I knew what I was gonna do. I was, um, I was registered as a spitter long before I ever got in that booth, you know what I'm saying? I knew I was gonna spit because I knew about girls who spit and I knew about girls who swallow. Girls who spit are grossed out by it and they're like, bah, 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 gross. And guys don't appreciate it, but it's far better than a girl who swallows because I knew girls that swallow, oh, these sloven whores, they love it. It's fuel for them. It's how they survive. It's the base of a slut's food pyramid. Is it just a sturdy base of cum? So I was like, I'm not gonna be a slut. Like, I don't wanna be that. So when I give a blowjob, I'm totally gonna spit. So I get in there, I give my first blowjob, and um, I swallowed immediately, because I was like, this is disgusting. Let's get it down the hatch, take it like a shot. Like, this is clearly the most efficient way to dispose of this. Immediately, I didn't even have to think twice about it. I've never spit, and ever. If you spit, that means you have to hold it in your mouth as you like walk through his apartment and find the bathroom that he shares with his roommates. You run into them. They're all watching Varsity Blues in the living room. You have to be like, hey guys, is anyone in there? Can I get in? Or, oh, so Andrew's in the shower. I'll wait. It's fine. I love this movie. What is, this is such a good movie. I forget. You forget how good it is. <laughs> quoting classic lines, I'm like, I don't want your laugh. Like, and I can, it's a better James Vanderbeek because of it. Okay. That's one benefit. <laughs> but you're doing like a wine tasting. Like, you just... <laughs> and don't get it twisted, guys. A girl isn't, she's not swallowing because she's like, yummy, cummy, in my tummy. No. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> Turns out I'm a whore. Ah, I love Nikki Glaser, man. It's so fucking fun. She tells it like it is, though. All right. Moving on. Where are we at? Number 84. And, uh... Another track that's been in my top 100, I think. I've done this, like, maybe two or three times previously, and this track's been in there every time. So, uh, the artist, of course, is Halford. Uh, Rob Halford of Judas Priest. And, uh, you know, we all know the story about what happened after Painkiller and, you know, Rob coming out as gay and there's that whole controversy and you know it wasn't really as welcoming back when that happened so you know i can't really say how the band treated like we saw the movie rockstar supposedly that was sort of like a a soft telling of what happened but we really don't know how much of it was like really the band hated them or whatever i don't really know if that was really the case i just don't know um but clearly there probably was some tensions there at the time but uh, Rob went on to do like bands like Fight and Two, uh, and Fight was actually well received, very good uh, kind of sort of classic heavy metal thrash type stuff, and uh, you know it was pretty fun stuff there. But uh, he was still kind of shunned almost uh, from you know because of course Priest went on with uh, ten, uh, Ripper Owens and 
So I think around 2000, uh, Rob started this project. Uh, you know, so it's, the first record was like Resurrection, and it was basically just named Halford. And I, I didn't really take too much notice. I didn't really know. I didn't really follow him so much at that time, but because I was still like in that black metal phase. But in uh, 2002, uh, you know, I used to watch these um have you ever seen like if you guys ever been familiar with music choice those channels on tv and they usually have like metal channels and stuff like that as well as other genres but i used to sit and just kind of listen to them and see what was kind of out there and find out which bands had some new records that's how i found out some bands had records when i wasn't going to the stores as often so uh certainly in 2002 halford released crucible and uh, I'd heard a couple of tracks from that, and I was like, wow, this is, at least from these two tracks, sounds really damn good, you know? Happened to be also around the same time, I think, that I was, I first discovered, like, Ginger Snaps and Dog Soldiers when they were on TV, so that was kind of a, I just always kind of place certain things with the music and things that were going on in my life at the time. Uh, also soon after I that was soon after I just met my wife so a lot a lot of going on around that time uh but yeah Crucible was pretty cool I mean the album had probably like two or three good tracks for me I mean it wasn't like a mind blower but uh the tracks that are on there are like damn fucking good and uh one of them Heart of Darkness which I'm gonna play for you soon is probably by far my favorite off there the title track's very good as well but uh at number 84, Halford, this is called Hearts of Darkness.
Hey, Louie. Hey, Frank. You ready for this weekend? Why? What's this weekend? The ferret's having a party. Oh, life's a nightmare. He's getting two cases of Budweiser, a bucket of nachos, and a karaoke machine. I'm not going. Louie, everyone's going. Yeah, like who? A bunch of slugs? Mm-mm. Me, you, the ferret, and all of his lady friends. The ferret has lady friends. Oh, yeah, dozens. Eh? He's like a furry little gigolo. Yeah, I don't believe this. Hey, hey ferret, what? who's coming to this party of yours? Well, it's What's he saying? He's saying there'll be some fine-looking weasels. Some iguanas that need a good man. He's lying. And a mongoose named Lynette. Lynette? Who likes to shake her booty on the dance floor. Okay, okay, take a cold shower, Squeaky. I, I don't get it, Frank. What are they seeing him? He, he can't even talk. They like the squeaks. What? Women love a guy who can squeak. That's the number one rule of dating. Oh, they like it when guys go, wee 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 Drives them crazy. Oh, shut up. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Right. Number 83. I think I first heard this band on a Blackmark tribute, which was, you know, a bunch of bands doing covers. So, and this band had done a cover of Autopsies, Rid with Disease, and it was amazing. Like, so fucking amazing. And, but the funny thing about it was the production on that particular track was much deeper and heavier. The sound was much fuller. And I remember reading through all the metal mags and all that stuff um, at the time. So when 97 rolled around, uh, they were advertising their album Dark Side. And so I'm sitting there going, damn, you know. I really like that that cover they did, so I wanted to check this record out. And uh, you know, of course, they always have like the little blurbs, like this is the most anti-religious album you'll ever hear this year, or whatever. It was some 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 to that effect, right? Uh, and of course, they were, the track that I'm playing for, they were like, this is the most evil song ever. And uh, you know, I, I can't really argue too much with that. Like lyrically, it's it's pretty blasphemous beyond not that i care i'm not i don't follow any particular religion or ideology so it doesn't offend me one way or the other but uh the album was really good i enjoyed the album a lot uh they've put out probably what one two three four five six seven records since then the last one being 2020 uh and you know it, it's not bad like they, they've had a pretty good career they're pretty well known a lot of people like them and uh but this is probably the one record i go back to a lot there's there's a lot of great tracks on here uh of course talking about necrophobic uh with their dark side record and uh at number 83 it's their nailing the holy one
about penises at this point in my life were that they were these noodly things that hung between a guy's legs, they pee from them, and you shouldn't look at your cousin JD's when you guys are getting changed to go swimming. Like, that's all the information I had about penises. And now, one's gonna go in my mouth? Okay, I knew that sex was a thing, a penis would go in my vagina someday, but that was, it's my vagina. Like, I don't have taste buds down there, or whatever. <laughs> Like, stick whatever you want down there. I can't taste it, okay? So I was like, who cares about my vagina? But my mouth, that's where candy goes. Like, I can't believe you would put a dick there. I was devastated. And you, like, you, you kind of go, maybe I don't have to do it. Maybe it's something that not every girl does. And then you realize it's kind of your destiny as a woman. Like, you're gonna do it. You know what I realized you have to do it is when I found out it was one of the bases. Because I, I knew home plate was sex and if I ever wanted to have sex because I wanted to, I don't know, make a family someday, I was going to have to, you can't skip a base. If you want kids, you're going to have to suck some dicks on the way to those kids. That's the last thing my kids want me doing. Hi, this is Jessica from Factory of Dreams. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Starting to get down to the nitty gritty of episode one of my top 100 metal tracks of all time. At number 82, this band has gone through different lineups in terms of mainly with the vocalists since 1996. And uh, initially, what drew me to the being interested in buying their material was the fact that the Amot brothers were a part of this. So basically Michael Amot from Carcass and his brother, uh, I believe he was part of Carnage or something like that, one of those bands at the time. And, uh, you know, one thing about, like, I, I do enjoy Black Earth, their debut in 96. Stigmata and Burning Bridges are okay. I know there's, like, a debate about uh, their former male vocalist who sang on those records. Like one thing I just was missing for me was the chemistry between uh, the male vocalist and the band itself. So even though some songs it worked, there was a lot of songs I felt like it just didn't really work that well. So when I had heard that their album Wages of Sin in 2001, they were moving to a female vocalist, I was like intrigued. Because I'm wondering, well, are they going to skip the rough vocals? What are they going to do? Uh, and then, of course, when I heard the record, I was like, oh, shit. You know, <laughs> Angela Gasso, she could fucking really sing here. Like, you know, she's got those rough vocals and she can go toe-to-toe uh, -to -toe with the best of them. Uh, the band has since put out quite a few records. Um, last one was out this year, Deceivers. Uh, but I think probably... I want to say, was it 2014? Maybe it might have been 2011 where they moved to uh, Alyssa White-Guez um, who replaced Gasso at that point. She's been with the band since then. Um, 
you know, they, they still put out some pretty decent material. I mean, I, I, I've not been into them as much as I used to be. Uh, the follow-up to Wages Anthems was really kind of like the last record that I really, you know, was that interested in. I did follow them, but nothing really stuck with me. The records were kind of mediocre to me overall, but uh, they have some great tracks throughout their catalogs. And But Wages of Sand was like a really solid record for me, like one of their better ones. And uh, a lot of that was due to Angela's vocals and how she was able to integrate with the band and show some chemistry uh, with the writing. Uh, but my favorite track of the album is Savage Messiah, and that comes in here at number 82. Here's our Genemy. <laughs>
Vietnamese? Just out of curiosity, what's your last name? Oh. Oh. Don't you ever upstage me again, ho. Don't you ever be funnier than me, ho. How dare you? This is my Netflix special, ho! What, what's your first name? What's your first name? Tran. You, is your real name Tran? Is your first name Tran? My wife's fucking first name is Tran. My wife's fucking first name is Tran fucking Ho. What do you do for a living? And if you say doctor, I'm gonna fuck myself, all right? You're not a doctor, right? Fuck me. What the fuck is your last, what's your, your last, are you fucking kidding me? Your last name was fucking Ho? Fuck you hoes, all right? Fuck the hoes. Someone in the back is fucking with me right now. Cause there's hoes to the left of me, hoes to the right of me. And my real life wife ho is in the fucking back. This is like, are you fucking kidding me? Bizarro how you <laughs> All right folks, we've done it. We've gotten down to the end of episode 1 of 5 of my top 100 metal songs of all time. Coming in at number 81. We have Benia Reach out of Norway. Band is now split up put out three records they ended in 2013 which ironically the 2013 release possession is the record i'm taking this song from a really really good record i don't think i ever heard the other two uh looks like the second one had some pretty high marks as well uh i guess they play like a blend of progressive sludge metalcore and i guess that makes sense i, I always look at it more as a metalcore slash i mean if you're in someone who labels deathcore or whatever but uh the impressive thing here is the vocals again. Like I just I can't stress it enough with some of these bands, the, the vocal work and the utilization of it. So whenever the singer goes into the deep dun 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 dun, dun that it, it's like it just really puts chills on my on my, my 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 arms and my body. Like it just it's so good. Uh it's a really pumping song it's just it's so dark and i love it it's like the way it's just conveyed uh just so great and uh definitely made my list uh, i don't remember if i've had it on past list or not it, if i did if i've been up further up i don't know but either way uh it's a song that i always listen to uh, on a regular so uh for other news I think I'll be getting together with uh, Kevin Lambert from KL Entertainment Headquarters next 
Friday for our review of the movie Burial from Shudder. So um, be looking for that. Um, outside of that, I'm not sure what I've got planned. I, I mean, I do do my top five uh, albums of the week. I, st I have the new one coming out soon uh, next week for you all. Uh, so I'll keep you updated on the new stuff that's out there, even though we're not doing like full-fledged podcasts anymore in that regard. But uh, as far as the top 100 stuff, I'm going to try to get them out as often as I can, but there's no real timetable. Uh, next week, I'm hoping to get uh, part two out there, 80 through 61. But, you know, things come up, so I don't know. But I seem like I do have a pretty good window there to work with. I don't have much going on in other areas. So unless I do some more trailer reactions and movie reviews, which sometimes something I'll do. Uh, but just keep updated, man. MetalTevinReady.com. And I uh, hope you enjoyed this uh, first episode of my top 100. And uh, let's kick it off. Here's number 81, Benia Reach with Crown. Naked, you have conquered the fields of war, no. 